Week one today, new series. Uh, we're calling it Terms and Conditions. So if you uh, are here today with us watching on, on Facebook Live, uh, this is going to be something that's going to help you. I want to talk to you today about how to say your no. Would you turn to your neighbor, say no. no. I, you didn't mean that. Try it again. No. no. Okay, well, we're going to, by the end of today, you're going to be able to do that, all right? Uh, I want to invite you to stand with me. You're going to look at the words of Jesus from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we stand together out of respect for God's Word, and I'll read it aloud. It'll be on the screen, and you can follow along the words of Jesus. Uh, you've heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. Jesus is here quoting the Old Testament. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord to you and me. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I don't know if you've uh, wondered, hey, how in the world do you come up with all these series ideas? Where do they, where do they come from? Where, where, where's, what's the process behind it? I don't know if you have that curiosity in you or not. Maybe you don't. Uh, if you, even if you don't, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, the, uh, usually it comes from, you know, I'm, I'm studying the scriptures and we'll have conversations as a staff, talk to people about what are the things that you're facing. And, and we want what we uh, teach to be out of the text of scripture. This series came out of the text that comes on our phone, right? Our devices are, for better or for worse, here to stay. They're not, uh, they're not going anywhere. I would even uh, venture to say that we have, some of us, a better relationship with our device than we have with the people in our house. Is that, is that true? Is that too close to home? Am I already poking on tender spots right there, right out of the gate? Uh, but what, what happens when we have these devices is uh, we have uh, applications that run on that device. And if you, especially if you have an iPhone, I don't, I've had an iPhone now for a number of years. I had an Android um, and then I switched and then I'm never going back. And, uh, but when you, when you get it and you, you have to accept, uh, you go through this whole thing where there's this long legalese document that you scroll through whenever you load on the new stuff and you, you scroll all the way through, all the way to the bottom, keep going, keep going. And then you get down to the bottom where it says, I accept these terms and conditions. None of us read that, right? <laughs> Nobody has, you have no idea what is being said to you. And so what we do is we click submit without actually understanding what we are submitting ourselves to. We just want to use the product without being bothered by the stuff we think doesn't matter. And so here's what I did. I went, you know what? I, I have done that for, I don't know, um, maybe a decade now with these devices. Maybe 12, 10, 12 years into the relationship, I should read the fine print. Maybe that would be helpful. And so I read some of the fine print. I couldn't get all the way through it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, it's really boring. Um, but I, I've got some of it. I'm going to put it on the screen. I don't know if you know this. Uh, here's, here's what it says. Uh, uh, you're, this is when you do this, you're signing up for this. Our services may allow you to submit materials such as comments, pictures, videos, and podcasts, including associated metadata and artwork. Your use of such features must comply with the submissions guidelines below, which may be updated from time to time, meaning we can do whatever we want. You'll never know. 
You hereby grant Apple a worldwide, royalty-free, perpetual, non-exclusive license to use the materials you submit within the services and related marketing and Apple uh, internal purposes. In other words, you can submit a picture. It can be the idea that we turn into a billion dollars and we're not going to give you a penny. How do you like that? And here's what I realized. This relationship we have with our devices and the terms and conditions of those devices reflect the relationships that we have with each other. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the people in your life came with terms and conditions and when you first started working with someone, they said, here's my terms and conditions and you get to read all the way through what they're like, how they respond when they're under stress, uh, what they say to you when they don't like you. I, wouldn't it be great if you had started dating somebody and they, they handed you their terms and conditions and they said, and here's what I'm like, and here's, here's all my baggage, and you knew all the things. Because this is what we do in our relationships, isn't it? We get someone, they look good, either in a friendship or a work relationship or a dating relationship or even a marriage, and then we go, oh, they look good. Scroll all the way to the bottom, click submit, <laughs> right? Without understanding all that the person brings, right? Isn't that exactly? Now, some of you wish that you knew 10 years ago about this person or a month ago about this person what you knew now, right? Because you would not have hit the button. Is, is that the truth? <laughs> when I, my wife and I were first married, uh, we lived, and I was on staff at a church, and uh, I, it was, it's, a, it's a long story without getting into all the details, but it was very high pressure, and um, I, I was right out of school. I had no sense of who I was. I wanted to live up to expectations, and, and I didn't know what to do with my frustration. Long, long story. There's a whole backstory to all that, but that's, that's the short version of it. And, and like guys do, because we don't really know what to do when we feel things that feel out of control, the way I expressed that was through anger. And um, anger, one of my friends told me one time, is the crust over hurt. It's the, it's the crust over the hurt pie. And um, there was this day, I remember we hadn't been, my wife and I hadn't been married very long, and I, I was feeling all the internal pressure. I had no sense of who I was. I didn't, I didn't understand what was going on inside of me. And I was looking for my keys. My mother-in-law happened to be there that day. And I was, we were living in an apartment, and, and I was searching for my keys, and, and I, I just lost it. I mean, I just lost it. So over, over keys. And I went out the door. I was so frustrated, so mad. My mother-in-law watched the whole thing happen. And my mother-in-law turned, I found this out after the, after the case, my mother-in-law turned to my wife, and she said, who is this person? Um, but my wife had already scrolled to the bottom <laughs> and hit submit. Now, if you know my wife, um, she's an incredibly gracious person, and she graced me out of that situation. Um, but that's, that's kind of what happens, right, in relationships? And uh, so I want to talk to you about how, uh, how we can how we can understand the terms and conditions. Now, this is why this is important. Uh, if you were here the last four weeks, we said that you're a minister and we commissioned you as a minister and we said that you 
are commissioned now to meet people's needs. Well, that's great, uh, but it's kind of not fair in one sense because if you're asked to go do something, you kind of need to know, well, what's the goal? How do I know uh, if I win? And I, so I want to I tell you what the goal of ministry is uh, and, and, and the win in ministry and in relationships. And it comes from um, one of the guiding passages of my life. Uh, it's something that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Corinth in the letter known as 2 Corinthians. And we're going to put it on the screen and walk you through this and, and help you understand uh, the, the win here that we're going after. Um, this is what he says. It's really profound. He's talking about what his life was like before he knew Jesus. And he said, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. In other words, uh, I've had my categories changed. I have a new set of lenses that I've put on with which I see people. And I no longer see people the way that I used to see people. Now, I see people as precious and valuable. And I see them as important. And I see that they matter before, when I had the old lenses, my life was mainly about me, and so instead of seeing people as valuable, I saw them as expendable, and instead of seeing them as important, I saw them in, important insofar as they helped me, and, it's, and instead of seeing them as people who matter, they only matter if they do something for me, and he says, I don't, I don't see people anymore the way that I used to. I have, a, I have, a new, I have new terms and conditions. And then he goes on, and this is what we, we talk about this when we do Baptism Sunday. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And then listen to what he says. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the, what's the words there? Ministry of reconciliation. If you're taking, if you get the sermon notes out, underline that. Underline that verse is right there in the notes. Ministry of reconciliation. That God, listen to what it means. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And listen, here's the win. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. What, what, in other words, here's, here's the win. What we are doing in all of our relationships is we're bringing reconciliation into the world. If you, if you as a minister bring people together, you win. You've won. You and I are tasked with being people who bring people what bring people together. Now, you've got to know what to expect in relationships, and so this is just what's normal. Whenever you have relationships and you work to be an agent of reconciliation, uh, what happens inevitably in every relationship, and this is normal if you've gone through this, is you have some sort of conflict. Like you don't see eye to eye, or you get hurt by what someone said, um, and you struggle with boundaries. Like, where do you begin? Where do I end? If, if you've had those things happen, see, some of us, when we have conflict or when we have boundary issues, then what happens is we think that we're abnormal, where something's wrong with us. Why well, must be, no, no, that's totally normal. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry, you're normal. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're, we're uh, people who are uh, saying to parties who are at a distance from each other that now that you can come now you can come close. Now you come close. I, I remember the first time this really came home uh, to me. I was in school, and my pastor at the time, a, a, a guy by the name of Paul Cunningham, um, was, was preaching a sermon. He, Paul Cunningham was uh, this, this uh, revered figure 
had started this church and it had grown to thousands and thousands of people and um, he was this great orator. In fact, he was so good that um, he would tell these stories and people just spellbound at how he would, just a totally different old school style, but it just so phenomenal. Um, in fact, the very first message that I ever preached, I uh, went to my home church, I tried to take one of his messages and preach it and it was terrible. It was just absolutely awful. Um, but he would tell these amazing stories and one of the stories that he told always stuck with me. It just kind of gives, gives you a picture of what reconciliation is about. And, and I'm sure he made the story up, but it was about these two brothers and they were on, one had one piece of land here and the other had another piece of land here and there was a creek running down the middle and they had some conflict. And in their family, they were at odds with each other, and they were estranged from each other. In fact, one of them took and built a fence down the property line as a way to say, and that to you too. (laughs) Unbeknownst to them, somebody who was a carpenter came one day and tore down the fence and used the wood of the fence to build a bridge. And so the one brother woke up in the morning and saw the bridge from his property to his brother's property and said, my brother wants to make up with me. And then the other brother woke up and he saw the bridge and he said, my brother wants to make up with me. And they met in the middle on the bridge and said, I can't believe you wanted to make up with me. That, that's the picture of reconciliation. We're to be uh, people who build bridges between people. Now, Jesus, in, in whom is all wisdom and knowledge, the Apostle Paul says, he gets this. In this text in the Sermon on the Mount, um, Jesus is trying to help us understand how, with our words, we can be bridge builders and not wall makers. And, and um, the Sermon on the Mount, just to give you some context, Jesus is painting a picture of what life is meant to be like under his leadership in his kingdom. And in this section, he's telling us about b- bridge building with our words. Did you know that with your words, you can tear down a person? And there, James says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Like it's your words that can just destroy somebody. And if with your words you can destroy somebody and build a wall, did you know that you can also with your words, with your tongue, you can lay down planks and you can build a bridge? And Jesus says one of the ways that we build walls is the, the old way the Old Testament talked about it is we make an oath. We, um, we make an oath. Uh, we make a promise. We, I swear, a promise. And it's a way to get what we want or it's a way to weasel out of something that we don't want. And, and it's about verbal manipulation to avoid setting boundaries and having conflict. And we shortcut results uh, 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 in the other person to keep them from feeling used and abused. And Jesus says, well, listen, this is, that's an old way. We, we don't manipulate people with our words. We don't do that. Instead, he said, you've heard that it was said, but I tell you, don't be like that. Manipulation and avoidance of the hard work is not a kingdom value. There are no relational shortcuts to love town and reconciliation village. They're just, you can't get there. And in fact, Jesus says that anything beyond just plain spoken words is, comes from uh, the evil one. In other words, um, if, you're, if you're not able with your words to build bridges, then what you're doing is you're, you're, you're pleasing Satan. Now, do you, do you want to know how uh, to please Satan, how to make Satan happy? Um, what you do is you manipulate other people and you withhold your truth and make Satan happy. Um, what you do is you twist words to get what you want that makes Satan happy. 
Uh, what you do is you weasel out of doing something you don't want, and that makes Satan happy. Satan is happy to see the mistrust grow, and it does a little Satan happy dance. That's how you make Satan happy. And so instead, Jesus says, listen, just say yes or say no, nothing more. Now, this is really hard for us. And the reason that it's really hard for us is we're so used to the manipulation. It's hard to grasp that we could just be plain spoken. We think that's just not possible. That first place that I was um, on staff at a church and had this kind of crisis, um, I, I, someone handed me tapes from a guy named Stephen Covey. Maybe this, he wrote a book a number of years ago, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And someone handed me the cassette tapes of him talking about these habits. And I had, um, back in the day, I had a uh, Chevy Beretta, maroon, so sweet. And um, it had a cassette player. And, and the, those, those tapes of Stephen Covey talking about those seven habits were on cassettes. And so I would put them in and I would list everywhere I go when I go to a hospital, an appointment to see somebody, what I would just always have a tape in and I'd always be listening. And, and one of those habits, one of those things he said, um, he said, listen, we see the world the way that we are, not the way that it is. And the first time I heard that, I went, that's not true. That's just not true. The way, the way Stephen Covey, uh, the way I see it is the way it is. What are you talking about? I see the world the way I am, not the way. What are you talking about? And, and I, kind of, I kind of pushed back again. I thought, that's not, that's not the case. Like how I see things, because we all believe that. We all believe however we see things, that's the way it is. And then I found out that what Stephen Covey said is in the Bible. <laughs> uh, if you go to Titus chapter 1, verse 15, we'll put it on the screen for you. This is what Titus says. Uh, uh, he says uh, Paul says to Titus, he says, to the pure, all things are pure. Meaning, if you're fundamentally honest, then what you think is that, hey, you know what? People are fundamentally honest. If you're fundamentally dishonest, then you know what you, you say? What will come out your lips? You'll say, you know, everybody, everybody lies. Come on. If you fundamentally believe that you can trust people, and it's okay to let people get close, and yeah, there'll be some dings along the way, but it's, that's okay. Uh, then you'll say, you know what, it's okay to let people close. If you fundamentally distrust people, then you'll, what will come out of your mouth is you'll say something like, you know what, people are only going to hurt you. How we see other people is a mirror about how we see ourselves. Listen, if you're dating someone and you want to know what kind of person that they are, Listen to how they talk about other people, because that's how they are. The way we see the world the way we are, not the way that it is. Now, here's the offer Jesus makes in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, listen, under my leadership, number one, you're safe. I, I got you. I, I got you. You are safe. Number two, I will teach you a better way. And then number three, in the safety of my care and the wisdom of my path, you can become one of those pure kind of people who see the world in a different way. And, and, and here's, here's the reality. If you listen to the words of Jesus and, and you're not yet in the, the heart position to see things differently, then you will hear the words of Jesus as unrealistic. Say yes and no. 
you talking about, Jesus? That's not the way the world works. You got you to manipulate. You got you to tell a little lie to get what you want. You can't just say yes or no. What? Are you, what? There, there isn't a better way. I mean, Jesus, come on. Be realistic. See, what, you, what, you're, what you're revealing in, in that is you're revealing how you see the world. That it's not safe, and so you got to manipulate your way through it. And Jesus, the promise Jesus makes is, I'll change who you are so that you become one of those pure people. And the pure way we deal with each other is we just say yes and no. Incredibly powerful words. In fact, they're so powerful, we're going to spend the next five weeks together unpacking all that they mean for us. And, and they're so counterintuitive that we need to make sure we understand it. Let's, let's, just, let's just unpack it. I want to teach you in a real practical way um, how to say yes, how to say no, how to have boundaries for the next few minutes. Um, and, and you're not going to walk out of here going, oh my gosh, but um, you're going to walk out of here with something practical that you can put into place this week. So let's make sure we understand what we're talking about. When you say yes to somebody, um, when you take the advice of Jesus and just say, I'm just only going to say yes, I'm only going to say no. Here's what yes can mean, if you want to fill in the blanks. It can mean this. Uh, it can mean, um, I agree to something. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it can mean, yes, I, I, I want to do that. I want to help you. I want to listen. I want to be there for you. Or when you say yes, it can just simply mean, yeah, I can. I can help you. I do have the ability, and I'm, I'm willing to do that. When you're saying your yes, you're saying some version of that. No, when you say your no, what you're doing is you're saying, no, I can't. I have some prior thing in my schedule, some prior commitment, so I can't. Or, this is the one that's hard, I won't. No, I won't do that. I don't want to do that. Uh, it's the other one. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to do that. Here, here's, here's what Jesus is trying to say. and These are these next blanks. We'll put these on the screen. It's okay to say yes and sometimes it's important to say yes. And at the same time, it's okay to say no. And sometimes it's important to say no. Yes, yes and no function as, uh, function as boundaries. Now, let me, let me give you some realities about boundaries. And these are uh, from a guy by the name of Henry Cloud. He wrote a best-selling book called Boundaries. I highly recommend you get it. If you struggle with this or you want to learn more, get that book. It's fantastic. Um, if these are a review to you, take this and teach this to someone else this week. But here's what boundaries are. This, this will help you. This will help you in your relationships. Um, here, here's one mental image for it. Boundaries are like uh, property lines. And property lines tell, tell me where what's mine begins and ends and what's yours begins and ends. So it's mine versus yours. It's my body. It's not your body. These are my things. These are not your things. These are my feelings. They're not your feelings. And without knowing the property lines, what happens is you feel trampled on and used. If you've ever been in the, had the experience of feeling like you were used by someone, what happened was they trampled across your boundary lines. They trampled across your property lines. And if you say, I no longer want to feel that way, great. You're ready to set some boundaries because a yard that gets trampled on is a mess. But if you have a well-kept yard and you want to say yes, 
beautiful yards are great places to throw wonderful parties. But you get to choose. You get to say yes or no. And so saying your no when someone wants your body or your things or your feelings is important, Jesus would say. So their boundaries are like property lines. Uh, Second thing is that boundaries help me see uh, that I'm responsible to people, not for people. I'm responsible to people, not for people. This is how the Apostle Paul says it in Galatians chapter 6. He says that each one should carry their own load. A load is is their, is uh, the word there, it's kind of like your your daily weight. A a great illustration is a, a backpack, Right? This is, this is my backpack. Uh, it has my things in it. It has my, uh, has my load in it. These are my feelings, my body, my challenges. The problem without boundaries is that I don't know what's mine and I don't know what's yours. And so if I don't, if I don't know the boundaries, then um, you're going to come to me and you're going to hand me um, your backpack. And I'm going to go, okay, sure, I can... <laughs> Yeah, I got that. Yeah, you need that. And then someone else comes to you if you don't have boundaries, and they go, okay, can you take, can you take my backpack? And you go, oh, it's got a pink thing on it. That's fine. But yeah, I'll take your backpack. And then someone else comes to you, and they try to hand you a backpack without boundaries. And then someone else comes, and you're just like, I can't. You're to carry your own load and not carry someone else's load see and that's that's the that's the challenge is 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 knowing what's your load to carry and knowing what is someone else's load to carry and someone uh you carry your load but you have to figure out how do i how do i say no when someone else tries to hand me their load let me give you some examples of that if you've ever wrestled with someone who is an alcoholic what that alcoholic does often is comes to you and says, I don't want to carry my load here. And the way alcoholism uh, perpetuates is someone in that person's uh, relational system says, oh, sure, I'll take your backpack. And it's what we call codependence. Like you're carrying that person's load and, and they don't want to carry their load, and it, and it just becomes this really sick and twisted kind of thing. Uh, another example is parenting. These are all my kids' backpacks. And what we're trying to do as parents is we're trying to teach our kids to carry their load. And, and you know how it is. Your kids are constantly trying to hand you their load. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, and what you want to do as a parent is you want to help them put the backpack on slowly fill it up with things they can carry and help them be responsible. That's parenting in an essence. That's what you're, that's what you're attempting to do. And you want to at the same time teach them to say no to someone else when someone else tries to hand them their backpack. Handing someone their backpack isn't mean, it's healthy and it helps them. Often we don't want to say no because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Uh... And then we take their load. But saying no, saying your no helps them be a better them. So all of us are to carry our own load. This is mine, right? I'm not responsible for your backpack. You are. And I'm responsible for mine. 
But then Paul, right before this, he says something interesting. He says in Galatians 6, 2, he says, but we're to carry each other's burdens. It's a different word, burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. A burden is an overwhelming weight. Like I've got my backpack, right? I can carry my backpack. But think about a refrigerator. I cannot carry a refrigerator by myself. Now, I know there's one dude sitting out here who's like, well, what you do is you get the strap. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm not talking about that guy. I'm talking about the rest of us normal human beings. Like, I cannot carry a refrigerator by myself. I can't do it. My, my, my spouse is an alcoholic. I don't know how to carry that load. It's, it's too heavy. It's too great a burden for me. I don't know what to do. I just lost somebody, and I don't know what to get through the mountain of grief. I don't know how to do that. I, I lost a job. I don't even know who I am anymore. It's a burden. It's a, it's a burden. It's unbearable suffering. And then what Paul says, while we teach people to carry their own backpack, their own load, when someone has a burden, what we do as the people of Jesus, the family of God, is we come alongside that person and we, care, we say, can we carry it together? That's why we... That's why we have life groups. Is so that when you go through, you, you learn there, okay, this is mine to carry. <laughs> but when you have something that's unbearable, that's a refrigerator, you have somebody that will help you to carry that burden. So see, boundaries help you see who I'm responsible to. I'm responsible to people, not for people. This is the third thing. Is boundaries keep the good in and they keep the bad out. The good in and the bad out. So think about it like a fence with a gate. I think we've got a picture of a gate. Uh, yep, that's the kind of gate I grew up with in my backyard, is that gate that you could see through. And, and think about it like this. This is what often happens with somebody, especially someone who maybe has been abused in some way, and what happens is they have been hurt by someone, and so what they do in response to that hurt is they put up walls, and they hold on to the bad. They don't let the bad out, and they end up defining themselves by what hurt them, and they, instead of keeping the bad out, they keep the good out. They hold the bad in, and they keep the good out, and so they say yes to the bad, and they say no to the good, and what that person needs to do is they need to flip how their boundaries are working, and they need to let the bad out, open the, open the gate and let the bad out and set the burden down and probably have to have someone help them do that. And then instead, they have to let someone who will help them, let the good in, have someone come in and help them carry the burden themselves. And, and in all of these situations, you get to, Jesus says, you get to say yes or you get to say no. Now, I, I, let me make this. Let me just bring this practically down for you, because um, this this often brings up uh, some very difficult realities in our own minds and hearts. Because then we have to wrestle with ourselves, and we have to wrestle with our life the way that it is, and we have to wrestle with how people see us. And is it okay to say no? Is it okay to say yes? How will the person think about me if I say no to them? What I have discovered is that I need someone to lead me through this mess. Because I just, I just, when I get into these kinds of deep places, I don't really know how to lead myself. And so I need a different leader. And the offer of Jesus is that Jesus says, I will be your leader. You stuck? 
I'm great at unsticking people. I'm, I'm great at helping them get out of the junk. And the invitation Jesus is always making is he's always accepting students in his master class of life. He's always making an invitation to live under his leadership. And he's always saying, listen, in my, in my kingdom, there's a better way. And, and it's safe because I'm the leader and I'm the one that will protect you. And I know how to shift all those things in your heart. You don't know how to shift in your heart so that you become one of those pure ones. You can't see it right now. It doesn't seem realistic to you. Like, I can't ever get there. You don't know my, no, no, I, I don't know your story, but the God who made you does. And he knows how to transform the things in your heart to make you into a different kind of person who knows how to just simply say yes and simply say no. And I, I would invite you, if you followed Jesus uh, forever, maybe you've not paid attention to what Jesus is saying right here and you need to say, okay, I, Jesus, I need to dial down on this. But maybe you've never followed Jesus. And this would be the day you would say, you know what, I need a new and better leader. And this could be today. And in a couple weeks, we'd love to baptize you. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. And if you would like, I will lead you in a prayer that will uh, give you a way to ask Jesus to help lead your life. So would you pray with me? Jesus, the beauty and the simplicity of your words is what we need. We, uh, we lack clarity. We lack understanding. And we lack resolve. And some of us, uh, some of us, you know, Lord, have been deeply wounded by life because we've, we've never known how to say yes and we've never known how to say no. And some of us even have a religious reason for saying yes and saying no that's, that's very confused. And it's kept us trapped. Jesus, thank you for the invitation to be a part of your kingdom where you teach us a better way. You teach us a better way without condemning us. You teach us a better way by showing us a better way. By loving us in the middle of our mess. So thank you, thank you, Jesus, that the overwhelming burden of our past, the overwhelming burden of our sin, the overwhelming burden of what has been, you came and gladly picked up and bore that burden all the way to the cross. And there you did away with it. And you rose again and so you have resurrection power to help us become a different kind of person. And we'd like that. We would like very much to be people who just know how to say yes and know how to say no. All the clarity and power and health that comes from that. We want that in our life. And so uh, for my friend here today who needs a better leader, if that's you, you can just in, in your own way, you can, you can repeat these words in your heart and mind. It's God, I need a better leader.
I give up on the way I've been going. I need to learn how to do things differently. So here's all my junk. Give me a better path. I want you to lead my life. I want to learn from you. I want to be your follower. Forgive me. Give me a new heart. So God, thank you that this offer of new life is available to all of us at every moment. Thank you. We thank you that you love us enough to show us a better way. We pray this in your name. All God's people said, amen. I invite you to stand with me if you would. I'll leave you with a blessing. You'll see people around you holding out their hands. It's their way of saying, I'd like to receive that. And uh, if you're comfortable with that, uh, you can receive this blessing. You're sent out to love God, to love people, to serve the world in his name. Hug somebody, tell them to love them. See ya.